Another bench playlist for you to enjoy on Wrestling Inc.'s YouTube channel. I'm Justin Labar. He is Josh Eisenberg. Josh, let's talk about some of the big news this weekend. WWE coming off a very successful NXT TakeOver, coming off a very successful Money in the Bank, and then a pretty good Raw and pretty good SmackDown to follow. But out of all the news that's going on, it's actually what's going on outside of the ring, outside of the storylines, and that is the release that came on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, my boy, Big Cass. Uh, not even given the not even given the wish, not even given the wished well in future endeavors. They just told him to get out of here. It's surprising to me because, as we've known for the past couple of months, you know, as soon as Big Cass came back from injury, it seemed like they were going to push him to the top. Uh, immediately entering himself into a feud with the most over guy in Daniel Bryan, um, and I actually thought Big Cass's match um, against Daniel Bryan at Money in the Bank was really good. It really showcased his athleticism for a big seven foot guy. But he's a product of a couple of bad things happening to him. Um, you know, his personality and I think his demeanor backstage was very disliked by a lot of the higher ups. And he's expendable. He's not a Roman Reigns guy. He's not selling merch um, like an established guy. And now with WWE having so many people potentially knocking down the door, they can cut ties with guys like him. They can cut ties with guys like Enzo Amore and not really miss a beat. So at the end of the day, it's really Big Castle's fault, and I think everybody will agree with that. Um, a weird timing, though, like I said, there had to have been something that happened from Sunday to Tuesday. There had to have been one last straw that broke the camel's back because you don't build this guy up for weeks and weeks and weeks and then have him at Money in the Bank lose and then immediately let him go on Tuesday. So I'm not sure what the final problem was for a guy like Big Cass, but wasted opportunity on him, wasted opportunity on him and Enzo Amore. I don't think they ever should have split them up. But now it looks like WD's just going to go full-fledged ahead uh, and a guy who put out his best performance at Money in the Bank. Yeah, it was one of his best performances on Sunday, and I know I've even seen some people ask and question, you know, well, if they were going to fire him, you know, why would they have done a loser leaves town match, or why would they even give him the match? And and, and the answer is because they did not know they were going to fire him on Sunday. <laughs> uh, it did seem like there was a um, uh, notification to him of maybe some creative changes happening, and, yeah. and, and he reacted poorly, and that was the, the final straw. But you know, you, you know, you talk about it, you know, WWE can cut ties, and, they, and the machine does keep rolling, and 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 to try to find the yeah. the um, the positive, if we can find a positive, not not a positive about the situation, but the positive of the future is, you know, look at Drew McIntyre, look at Jinder Mahal, uh, and that, that that's just two of many names you can find of people that you know uh, have a run in WWE, leave, and and they can come back and better themselves, whether that's mentally, physically, all of the above, um, and 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 can have a, have another run. You know, Cass is only 30. He's been, you know, people maybe maybe forget this because he didn't come on the radar until a couple of years ago with uh, Enzo and NXT, but Cass has been in the WWE since 2011, starting with FCW. So uh, you know he's been there longer than, than many others. So I'm sure that can p potentially uh, contribute to mounting frustration. But any which way, uh, it, it, it's it's the machine's gonna keep on rolling. It sucks for Cass and it sucks for me and for fans of Cass when you start yeah. seeing seeing a good performance against Dan O'Brien and all of a sudden boom it's cut. Well, and I wonder now that WWE they want to give creative liberties to guys, right? They want to make them establish their character, develop. But how much creative liberties do they give guys these days? Because if it was basically him doing a little bit more to the small Daniel Bryan or altering a little bit of a promo going over the allotted time, do you really need to stay within the parameters of what they're giving you and not being able to create your own personality? Or was it, you know, he did that, he did that, and then obviously a couple of the incidents, whether it's on the airplane and things like that, put together. How much creative liberty, Justin, do writers give these performers to get their character over? Well, I think performers can have creative liberties if they prove the creative liberties they take uh, are cash in and prove worthy. And I think they can also have creative liberties if um, they are potentially, 
I don't want to say like, but if, but if they're not rubbing people the wrong way, if they are doing things separately that are rubbing people the wrong way, then all of a sudden that person going out and then taking creative liberties just makes it seem like they're arrogant or they don't care or they're, or they're, or they're being selfish. Whereas if, somebody, yeah. if somebody's acting like a team player uh, all, all the time, every time, travel, everything, and then they go out and take some creative liberties, it might be viewed as, oh, this person was trying to make the segment better. It's all about perception of how, you know, how that person's personality and, and, and in a traveling circus with with uh, you know how many personalities they have, it, it, it's every, everything's going to be on a on a on a per case basis. And we've seen how a lot of these NXT tag teams get called up and don't succeed, right? You know, you've seen the Ascension, the Vaude Villains. Uh, you've seen even the Revival to an extent. Authors of Pain we haven't seen, but it's still very early to tell. Um, and Enzo and Big Cass were probably the most over group out of all of them. Uh, probably the most over two guys or even not even two guys are the most over gimmick that WWE had on the main roster coming from NXT aside from the established guys you know like a Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura um, but it makes me still believe that as Triple H wants to make NXT a third brand as potentially in 2019 with Smackdown going to Fox maybe there's an opportunity for NXT to be broadcasted on television and getting a contract in their own this makes me think that WWE is really putting a lot of emphasis on, okay, these are the guys that we know can get over. These are the guys that we know can get over uh, for an extended period of time. But as much as Enzo and Cass got over together, did any of them, did either of them ever get over by themselves? This is a problem, I think, for WWE. You want these guys to learn to develop their craft at NXT and get put up to the main roster. It's not translating well for more, more guys that come up to Raw and SmackDown. No, there's definitely a different ball game. You know, it's it's, it's a different ball game. You can see it for the negatives of, of guys like Enzo and Cass, of where everything you just said. But then you can see, you know, the few instances and in, in, in reverse positive for like a guy like Elias. I, I mean, it's a different yeah. it's a different ball game between the NXT crowd. You know, Triple H he's done a lot of media recently. Did a media for, over the UK for the UK tapings, and he said, yeah. look, he's like, you know, they're everybody has it's like like it's like liking music. Everybody has a different taste and what genre, what style, and that's kind of what the wrestling crowd is at, at this point is is that. You, WWE pretty much serves up every every style uh, that you want, and uh, unfortunately, there everybody looks at NXT as a linear thing, right to Raw and SmackDown. But that could be like going from uh, classical music to hip hop at <laughs> some kind. It, just, it doesn't always translate. So, you know, it's something that they're going to have to continue to figure out. Uh, the more that they can move towards NXT being truly, truly, truly looked as a third brand and not as they oh, we're going to call them up. The more this looks as a third brand, the better it's going to stand a chance to be classical music versus hip-hop or whatever analogy you want to find. Yeah. But it's still, even as, even as successful as it might be, uh, you know, and, and, and trending on you know, social media and being able to travel around, there's still the whole term of, uh, well, when are they going to get called up? So it still has that minor league feel, and uh, you know, that, that's going to constantly present this problem. Yeah. So, big cast gone. Uh, again, you know, we'll, we'll wait and see what his future holds. What, where do we see him pop up next in the wrestling world? That's going to be certainly something we'll keep our eye on. Uh, please chime in on the bottom of this video in the comments, or you can hit us up on social media at Josh Eisenberg for at Justin Labar. We got some more things to talk about. Big surprises of, 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 of title title wins and and, nomin and number one contenderships coming. A lot of things to discuss. Josh and I will keep it going here on Chair Shot Reality. At Justin Labar here, joined with at Josh Eisenberg for it's Chair Shot Reality Wrestling Inc. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel, leave a comment, share, tell a friend, spread the reality. Josh, this past week, coming off of NXT and Money in the Bank, we had Raw and SmackDown, and there were some uh, notable things to take away. But I ask you, what was the bigger surprise we had on Monday? We had what was a surprise, certainly not expected, intercontinental title change of Seth Rollins losing to Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler, I think, becoming I think uh, the IC champion for the sixth time 
in his WWE career, but then not to be uh, not to be shortchanged and, and, and overshadowed by Tuesday when we have a gauntlet match to decide who's going to be the next number one contender for AJ Styles. And fitting on Rusev Day, Rusev becomes number one contender to take on AJ Styles for the WWE Championship here in Pittsburgh at Extreme Rules. So I ask you, what is more surprising, Ziggler winning the IC title or Rusev getting the push to face the champion? That's a flip of the coin for me, Justin, because I think both came out of left field. Um, looking at how Seth, how hot Seth Rollins has been, um, you know, mowing through pretty much everybody on the Raw roster, you know, and, and getting great matches every single Monday night, and another great match against Elias. Uh, winning that Chicago crowd over, which you know isn't the easiest thing to do, I, I'm going to slightly go ahead and say Rusev actually was the bigger surprise for me. As much as Dolph Ziggler winning the Intercontinental Championship was a surprise, I think people know that Seth Rollins is primed and due and is ready for more than the Intercontinental Championship. Um, he had it for a couple of months. He had a couple of great matches, and that's what you expect from a guy like Seth Rollins, but Rusev, you go on to SmackDown and you see this gauntlet match and he probably was the last guy that I thought would get a championship match. Um, you know, you had guys like Samoa Joe and, and the Miz, two really great heels that would fit perfectly right now in a few with AJ Styles, but they go with Rusev and I credit Rusev for sticking it out. And, and I mean this because there was reports months ago that Rusev was unhappy, justifiably so. He's one of the most over guys. He's not being utilized on television. He's losing fatal foray matches at WrestleMania. He's not getting a chance you know, to, to compete for United States Championship matches, but Randy Orton was. So that was the bigger surprise for me. And it's a pleasant surprise because in June, July, and, and heading into SummerSlam and the, and the uh, pay-per-views before SummerSlam, you see that they take chances. I mean, hell, look at guys like Jinder Mahal in April and May of last year. They took a chance with him. They gave him an opportunity. Rusev has been consistently the most over guy. And whether it's a stupid gimmick, and it's not a stupid gimmick, but whether it's a gimmick like Rusev Day or or Aiden English singing for him, he finally got himself over to a point where people don't see him as a super villain because he hates America. And that's hard to do with a lot of these guys. Look at guys who have failed like Vladimir Kozlov, the great Kali, all of these guys that come in that are not from the United States, that are not from North America, have a hard time to winning the crowd over. Rusev has done that. And Rusev has done that by being simple and just being entertaining. And that's something that I was pleasantly surprised to see him getting an opportunity I'll be at Extreme Rules. You'll be at Extreme Rules. It's going to be fun to see how they actually go through with this match. You see, I should have days named after me, and you have a beautiful musical theater singing voice. I think that we should, you should start introducing me wherever <laughs> I go. <laughs> you can pull it off. I'm a little under the weather right now, but I can totally do, it's Labar Day. There you go. It's got a, it's got a ring to it. You know, Russo's popularity is climbing, so i got to go opposite. i got to say that Dolph Ziggler winning the IC title was the bigger surprise. A couple things. First off, you have Dolph Ziggler uh, you know, paired now with Drew McIntyre, so you, you figure, okay, if anybody's going to be getting title wins right now out of this tandem, it's going to be Drew McIntyre. He's the guy who, uh, he's the guy that seems like they're building more to the future. It seems like he's got more days ahead of him of uh, relevancy than what Dolph Ziggler does. At least that's what we thought uh, prior to Monday. Also... A night earlier, you have Dolph Ziggler beating it, beating Seth Rollins for the title. And a night earlier, you have Seth Rollins up against Elias. And I think a lot of people would have thought, okay, maybe Elias takes it, given the great momentum Elias has had. So the fact that Seth Rollins uh, beats Elias at Money in the Bank, and then he has this match, this you know, an open challenge essentially the next night. You, you, if, if, if it's not Elias that answers the open challenge, you're not thinking anybody's going to be beating Seth Rollins on that random Monday night open challenge. So I, I really got to say, Rollins dropping him on Monday night to Dolph Ziggler, 24 hours after. Uh, beating one of WWE's fastest rising heels, uh, yeah, or, or maybe 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 Elias is becoming a babyface. I don't know, but well, regardless, that that's a huge shock to me. Well, let me ask you this, and I know it's a shock probably because Ziggler's been there, done that. You know, that's one of the big reasons is why does he need another Intercontinental Championship reign? 
who would you have picked to potentially you know, beat outside of Elias? Because I think both of us thought that Elias had an opportunity to win the Intercontinental Championship. You know, it, so Elias loses on Sunday. Instead of Dolph Ziggler, who do you put in that situation then that, that beats Seth Rollins? You think it's Drew? Drew McIntyre. I mean, if I'm going to try to find somebody to, to put a rocket on in the mid-card um, who hasn't had that rocket, at least not any time recently, Drew McIntyre I could certainly go with, and I could go with it especially having a, a little bit of Dolph Ziggler chicanery so that way it yeah. doesn't hurt Seth Rollins and, and Seth Rollins can move on. But yeah, outside of Elias, I, maybe a Drew McIntyre, yeah. Well, so, so the only thing that I would have to, to rebuttal that is we've seen Drew McIntyre as Intercontinental Champion. I know you've seen Ziggler, but when Drew McIntyre was Intercontinental Champion years ago, he plateaued there. That was it for Drew. So if I put the Intercontinental Championship on Drew McIntyre, I fear that that's all he's going to get for a very long time when, I mean, realistically, you see a guy like Drew McIntyre, he looks like he could beat up Brock Lesnar, and there's not many people in WWE that has that. Even Roman Reigns, who's obviously a big, jack, physically fit guy, he still looks very small compared to Brock Lesnar. So, you know, if time comes, and it might not happen because of Brock Lesnar's contract, if time comes, it's going to be... You know, it, it's going to be Brock Lesnar losing to either Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins. We get that. But Drew McIntyre getting the Intercontinental Championship plateaus him in that spot and it doesn't make him go anywhere else in my mind. Not necessarily just Reigns or Rollins. Let's not forget about Braun with the money in the bank. The monster in the bank. But I go. mean, we would love monster in the bank, Justin. We've been talking about that for a year. It's Hey, it's still it's still in the works. I, we, I, I haven't heard of Braun recently. Can you give me a Braun? <clears throat> <clears throat> Yeah, it's, it's you've gotten old in your age. <laughs> My age. <laughs> My age. Uh, well, we are in the age of women uh, for WWE right now. I mean, SmackDown, the first half hour occupied by women's storylines, Ronda Rousey, a lot of things to talk about with the women. We'll talk about that in the next video in the playlist, the state of the women's division right now in WWE. Don't want to miss that talk. Chair Shot Reality on Wrestling Inc., your number one procrastination tool on the internet. Bench play playlist for you to watch every single weekend. He's Josh. I'm Justin. Uh, Josh, let's take a look at the past week here. Uh, you know, we, on NXT Taker, we have Shayna Baszler uh, and, and Nikki Cross. A great performance there. Shayna Baszler, what great facials and looks like a heel. Sunday, you have Carmella with the James Ellsworth return. You have Alexa Bliss winning the money in the bank. You have Ronda frickin' Rousey uh, not lo looking like she's been doing this for years. Yeah, uh, and then everything carries over into Monday and Tuesday. Uh, so I ask you, right now, let, let's look at the state of, of the women's division. What is uh, what is what, what's standing out to you, number one, right now? I mean, obviously Rousey's performance. I, I think Rousey's performance uh, speaks volumes. The way she sold, the way she was able to look Nia, make make Nia Jax look like she's 270 pounds, and a lot of the times we see Nia Jax having to alter her in-ring technique to cater to the smaller women, Alexa Bliss. Uh, you know, even Charlotte's and, and Charlotte's not even small either. But uh, Ronda took it and she looked great. Um, Alexa Bliss cashing in, I thought was really well done. Uh, they've had the story with Alexa and Nia for for many months, and it's actually just you know, reignited themselves at Money in the Bank. Carmella, to me, as much as I was loving the James Ellsworth pop, I think people knew it was coming. It was so well done. Him dressed up as Oscar, the wink, something so simple like that. The biggest thing that stood out to me was none of them. It was the fact that Asuka is – she's just Asuka now. She's not the Empress of Tomorrow. She's not uh, on an undefeated streak. She's not intimidating. Asuka, to me, is a product of WWE's inability to get over uh, talent that can't fluently speak English. And you've seen it with her. You've seen it with Nakamura. It's a problem, whether it's a problem with creative, a way to put them together and, and to present them in a product that 
the mass audience that they usually you know, are at, you know, obviously in North America and even England, um, that they see t- 10 months out of the year. Um, I, 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 I really think that Asuka, as much of a great performer as she is, she will become women's champion. She will get there. But at what extent? You see these characters of Carmella and Alexa succeeding more than in-ring talent. You have to be a character. Right, I mean, you know, Asuka and Nakamura, you know, coming from, 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 you know, being Japanese, coming from Japan, you know, they're coming from a culture that has a whole different, uh, you know, whole different alphabet, you know. It's so, you know, there's a reason why every character that's ever been Japanese or portrayed Japanese, whether it's authentic ones like them and her Nakamura, whether it's, uh, you know, a Samoan playing a, a, in Yokozuna, or whether it's Matt Bloom as Lord Tensai, you know, there's a reason why yeah. the, the, those characters have never been called upon to talk. It's been... Uh, Mr. Fuji or Jim Cornette talking for him. It's been spit the green mist, throw the salt, yeah. you know. And in the world of WWE, they they, they need you to um, to talk people in the building. So I, you know, I think it's just that's it, it's it's hard for it to to translate. But to the state of the women's division, um, uh, sure, I, I can certainly agree with you on everything you said about Asuka. But I think what I take away overall from this past week is, and we've heard rumors of this, and I, I mentioned it. A, last few times on the Wrestling Inc. podcast is we have got to be getting close and there is actually a need now, a true need to have a women's only show on the WWE Network. I'm not saying take the women off of Raw and SmackDown completely. Still, you know, I think it's very, I mean, Jesus, you got five hours between the two shows. Certainly you can fit the women on there. But I think we're finding out that there's still more that can be flushed out in these women's stories, uh, even including NXT, uh, on, yeah. a wim- on, on, on a women's only show. Whether that means going to the next level and having a women's tag team, whether that just means getting more ring time for people like Lana, who the crowd connect to. And Lana has shown little bits in the, in, you know, but it, what, you know, it, it's just more ring time for characters, mm. everything. And I think that right now we are finally at that point to where we've done. You know, the women have all those, they have a rumble match, they have Hell in a Cell match, they're, they're at par with the gimmicks, and now they need to be at par with the programming, give them their own show. A women's tag team, I think, is the next best thing that they can do, because they have so many talented women that aren't getting as much consistent screen time as Ronda Rousey and, and Alexa Bliss and those. I mean, think about it, Bailey wasn't even, the, wasn't even in the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. The Iconics, who are still fresh and still young, they're so annoying, but that's the best thing about them, is they're annoying, that's what you're supposed to do. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville has star power written all over her uh, based on a technical term and a physical look and presence. Mandy Rose obviously has that sexual appeal that I think most people love to see on a weekly basis. They want to see that blonde. They want to see somebody who's physically fit and who can compete. And we've seen matches with her where she can keep up with people. So a women's tag team would be the next best bet. But I don't want a women's tag team championship on each show. you know. And I think it gets to a point where you have to find out which champions can float from show to show because you don't want to have 12, 13 championships in every pay-per-view def- every, every pay-per-view have a championship match. You got to have more than that. You got to develop characters more than just a title around their waist. No, I agree. I, I think you can have a women's tag team, one tag team championship and, and, and ladies from Raw, SmackDown or NXT can all just compete yeah. on that, on that women's only show for the tag titles. Yeah. Uh, and then you can still have, you know, the, the world titles of the women's, you know, uh, being promoted on Raw and SmackDown. But certainly I think they're at a point now with the depth um, they only continue to, you know, put their put their bobber in the water, uh, seeking out more talent with the Mae Young Classic. So they, they have no shortage of being able to obtain talent um, to fill this out. And, 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 and you know, the audiences, you know, we're in a different time. You know, there was a there was a point to where there there was a point in time where the major where more than 50% of the people watching in the arena or at home did just view the women as okay, they're valets or they're just just there to be sex appeal. But you know. Things have moved on, and not saying there's not still people out there that feel that way, but there's a lot more people that are truly enjoying 
women's wrestling. Yeah. They're, they're just better women's wrestlers today. Yeah, than absolutely. Been. So yep. I think we're finally at that place, and I, and I think the state of the women's division right now uh, screams that based upon all that we saw and all that we had to look forward to, uh, Rousey, Carmella, or otherwise. At Josh Eisenberg 4, hit him up for all of your uh, WWE women's talk. Uh, and anything else you might want to get, at Justin Lamar. Make sure you comment below, like, share, comment, subscribe to the channel. We'll be back next week as we are getting closer and closer to Extreme Rules here in Pittsburgh. Plenty of things to talk about all summer long.